Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Aloha. We have been on a bit of a summer sabbatical, but we are back and excited to get this episode out to you. As ever, we invite you to be a part of making the podcast magic happen by joining our patron team. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information. This episode features a conversation with Barb Kirkus Lee. Barb is a certified clinical aromatherapist and archetypal consultant. Her service is to partner with people and help them nurture and connect to their inner lives. So check out her very cool blog and more info on her service at barbkl.com. And here's our conversation. Barb. Julian. Hi. How are you? I am so good. I'm really um, excited to talk with you. We've been kind of talking about having you on the show for a while and it's finally happened. That is that is the way of things. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, other than the fact that you're amazing, um, is that you are doing something, your practice, what you do is something I think is unique and something necessary. So, and I'm also excited to talk, focus more on archetypes, not the tarot isn't cool, but what you do is combining the archetypal wisdom and understanding of those parts of our psyche and you're relating it to the earth basically to essential oils the oils from plants and trees and things that to really really help us heal in a very specific way and I think that's amazing I'd never heard of that before so good on you for me it just seems to come naturally you know how you may find sometimes when you're happy you start humming uh this is my humming this oh. is what i love to do and when i'm even when i'm sad i can uh, self nurture myself and as a retired nurse midwife and have had the honor of attending a lot of births both out of the hospital and in the hospital and also working in hospice for six years. Mm. I feel like I've had the experience. Oh, and as a nurse, I've worked in all areas. I feel like I've had the experience of really tasting and experiencing life necessarily through my own lens, although that's been a wonderful journey and a challenging journey at the same time, but also the other people that I've had the honor to journey with in their lives, whether they were in the process of dying grieving, pushing out a baby, listening to their baby when they were pregnant, or have had the honor of helping a mother uh, grieve when she had to give birth to a baby that was no longer living. Mm. Uh, they were my greatest honorable um, teachers. Uh, they helped me more than I helped them. Yeah, isn't that so, always the way? And you're, what you're doing um, is you're taking something so like archetypes which are so, uh, they're really kind of, they can be very, very intellectual. They can be very much kind of of the mind, sort of theoretical, you know, patterns and you get to understand them and you're really bringing in the body and the senses. And that's why I said, I, I don't see a lot of people doing that or people haven't thought of ways to really take on a pattern like an archetype and relate it to something like an essential oil. 
And I think that is a, like a big gap that I think even myself and other people I know that work with archetypes, you can kind of hit a wall if you just stay up in the mind with things or you're maybe it's just emotions. You really involve something that is kind of autonomic. It relates to the body. You bring it to earth. To me, that is a kind of like what I call soul work. You know, when you're in really the the mess of things, but that's where, like you said, your greatest teachers, everything happens in that space. So I'm really interested to know how did it how did it start for you? You studied archetypes, you've studied and been certified with essential oils. It's your bliss, but but how did that kind of how did you start to understand how they relate to each other? Well, I was educated as a nurse midwife in graduate school to use essential oils, herbs, homeopathy, that type of genre, because most of my women that I worked with wanted something natural. I also needed something natural too. It really started with my own self-nurturing. What's going to make me feel better? I have gone through ups and downs in my life. I have gone through grief pain, sadness, despair, uh, night of the soul, or uh, that piece for me is what did I do to nurture myself to get to know who I am and be able to come out on the other side? Still not perfect, of course, but to be able to increase my self-esteem, increase my own empowerment. And the archetypes, when I met those, I knew Dr. Carl Jung, and we were taught this when I was going to school, and it came really true for me as I was in my nursing and midwifery career, that you could find certain patterns in people and that would help you help them. And that's what I found so attractive. We teach or we we learn psychology in, in nursing, but it went farther. The archetypes, when I went to Carolyn May's and started learning at her institute and then became certified, it opened up a whole new world. I, I say that I have the honor of putting symbols of the archetypes, which are the symbols of the soul, and smells. I put symbols and smells together to yeah. have fun, to get to know <laughs> ourselves, and to nurture as you do that inner work. I saw a lot of people in my practice look for answers outside of themselves. And I made that my mistake too. So when I started working as a healthcare provider in the medical system as a certified nurse midwife, don't get me wrong, it was wonderful, but uh, it was a lot of giving to the point of nothing left for me. And I needed to have an inner balance and an inner compass. And the archetypes made it fun, reassuring. And I realized there really wasn't anything wrong with me. I just needed to figure out my own compass, my own purpose. And oh, by the way, it was okay to have more than one calling. So that's how I started. I love that. And um, <clears throat> what I'm, I'm really hearing is that the living of something, the constant living and the challenges of that brought you, really allowed you to bring things together. It was like, it was all what I would consider in process. You know, you can either do, you're either being or doing, and this is really both for you. You know, you're doing things and they're allowing you to be 
to have that being space, that feminine energy and the essential oils really came into play and, and made a lot of sense in it. I think it bridges that gap between how you're kind of treating yourself, what you can, what you can do and how you can sort of center yourself in whatever is happening, but you're doing it in a really specific way with the archetypes. What I just think is, is very cool and totally necessary. Um, I think the technology age has really made us too brain focused, too mind focused, too mind and emotions. There's, there's the embodied, the animal part of our body, I think kind of gets left behind the sensual part gets sort of left as a second class, you know, thing. They were also busy getting stuff. So the essential oils I think are, are really great. Um, I have a question. So sure. I got, I had the privilege of getting, um, uh, to work with you and, and I had my art, my chart of our archetypes and we can, we talked quite a lot about kind of what our charts are. And that was, that was a lot of fun because I, I don't actively do that work as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And what I got back from you after that conversation was this amazing blend of essential oils in a carrier <laughs> oil just for me and which is amazing. And I use all the time. Um, but what came mm. with it is so precious to me. And you explained the, each of the oils that were in it, where it was from, how it's connected to each element. And then, um, specifically related to the archetypes in my, what we, in our business called a needle chart. And that's 12 archetypes in the 12 houses. So how, how does that come to you? I just looked at that and was like, I never thought of any of these things, but it was really, really brilliant. And is, did you have, did this come to you through prayer or inspiration research or how does that come about? It comes about in a couple of ways. Of course, it comes about in uh, research and going through the classes and learning the patterns of the archetypes, not only in myself, but in other people, which is always fascinating to me. I'm an Aquarian, so everybody's fascinating on a global and individual <laughs> level for me. I just love the whole world. And then what ha happens for me is I also know the oils and I take this both worlds and take them into prayer. And I am not the type of nurse clinician that does what's the best oil for bad breath. That's not me. I am more of a sacred person and I pray over each oil that I make and that I blend after taking in information on the archetypes. And even if somebody only knows maybe two or three of their own archetypes, that's more than enough because the oils also speak to me at the same time. For example, one of my favorite oils to use for the child archetype is sweet orange. And I love it. It brings so much joy to me, especially when I start getting too serious or too intense. I have a, a, a child archetype blend that I make for myself that helps me really center and have a little bit more joy have a little bit more trust in the universe and have a little bit more trust in my relationship with my spiritual part as well as my emotional and physical part. So what I've used to comfort myself has been passed on to other people. I find works really well. Yeah. And it, it does for me too. And I actually, I'll, uh, the blend that I have, um, 
Mm-hmm. How it, you know, it does have some, it has some orange and things in it. And oh. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of share it with other people too. And it, it's like, it just totally, it, I can't, it's hard to describe the feeling, but it feels good. It feels re- relaxing. And it reminds me that my body will do what it needs to do if you give it what it needs. <laughs> and sometimes in that moment, just that, that the sense of smell, that kind of experience is sometimes all that's needed. Um, it's something that's, it's really, really simple and really beautiful. And I don't know, I'm, I definitely encourage anybody who's listening, who has an interest in archetypes or essential oils, or just getting an understanding and some things in their toolkit that are sensual that have to do with, you know, mind body connection to look into this with you. And as I understand it, your practice you, you work with people, you're located in Erie, Pennsylvania on the East Coast, but do you also, remind me, do you also, you can work with people over the phone or over Skype? Oh, yes. I work with people um, all around the world, and I am very grateful to do that. Now, of course, I can't do face-to-face, but we can Skype or do phone call, and then I find out what their archetypes are. We work together. Um, we're, I consider myself a partner with the person. Mm-hmm. So we walk down the journey a little bit. I get a chance to know their archetypes. I get a chance to do, and I do a complete you know, verbal history with them, what their allergies are, if they've had any surgeries, if they've had any issues with their body, so to speak. And basically put a blend together with my education with the oils and the archetypes. And then I include the spiritual part of the sacredness and prayer. And I weave them together like a rope of hope. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like a rope of hope. No, you're not alone. We're walking this together. And here's some symbols and some smells. And with prayer, we make a rope of hope and you're able to kind of pull yourself along as I encourage you in our relationship. So I love blending them both together. And that is part of the essential oils too, is that you learn to blend things together. Not too many things. You don't want to overwhelm, but just enough to allow the body to relax for the spirit to be centered and grounded at the same time it's elevated. So it's a, it's a, two-way street. You go up and you stay down in a groundedness and, and into the moment. That's what oils do. And oils are so cool because they work immediately. Yeah. 50, 50% of the oil that you smell goes into your bloodstream. Wow. The highest. Yeah. So it's really quick. So say I would go to a meeting and it was so funny because a lot of my other buddies, uh, my midwife friends, we would go to these medical meetings where you would easily feel like a victim because it's very big hospital effect there. You just feel like you don't feel like you're really empowered. So all of us, we would take a blend of lavender, some of the things that we would use in labor, lavender. And what else was the other? Um, well, we would use a little bit of peppermint, lavender peppermint. And then we would use a bit of sandalwood, and we would put just a little drop either at the top of our head or right at our pulse points and our wrists. And we'd walk into the business 
room. Now, remember, this is all diluted oil. We don't put anything directly uh, absolute right on our skin. So you dilute it to maybe one or two percent, which is not much, but it's enough to give a feeling or an essence of being grounded and empowered. It's a it's a perception. And I believe it's a real experience. So we would go into these medical meetings and the midwives, we would smell pretty gosh darn good. I was going to say. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it was like everybody kind of relaxed. And it was so funny because the people didn't realize that we were kind of working on a sacred level, so to speak. And things went smoother. So <laughs> it was really fun. It was really fun. They just thought you, they, they just thought you smelled good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the other piece too, I get so excited talking about this is that when I work with clients who are dying and I've had the honor of consulting with hospices, you know, it's such a holy experience to be invited into somebody's death room. Yeah, it really is. And to be able to just use a very slight amount of essential oil to calm that soul. So they are able to detach from their body in a mm -hmm. sacred and loving way. Not only does it help the soul who's laboring to give birth to their soul back to where it belongs, but also helps the family at the same time. Yeah. So it's that that's letting go and the archetype of, you know, how we kind of, how shall I say, one of the main archetypes that we sabotage ourselves with saying, oh, well, this doesn't work. This is all an illusion. Where's the real truth? Where's, where's, you know, God in this situation, the anointing of oils is sacred and ancient and old yeah. and it's healing. So I find that when I bring that into the birth room and when I bring it into the death room. Yeah. I was thinking that same thing. There's, um, we've talked a lot about the priestess archetype on the show of late. Um, I'm still not sure why I think it's a process of figuring out why, but that the, um, the sacredness and the anointing of oils is something that you know, we've kind of lost in modern culture. We don't, um, I think so much is focused on how we look and, uh, you mm. know, the, the, <clears throat> the face of things um, and the modernity and expediency that the slowness of anointing with oils and the fact that that is, I mean, I'm sure there's many people who are younger have no idea what that would even mean. Maybe they didn't mm. grow up in a religion or they, it's just not a part of their lives, but it's the... It's to me, it's the relationship to the gifts of the earth, you know, what our mother, you know, the mother earth is giving us. It's part of her that we can um, smell or apply to our skin and that anointing, that sacredness is, is a reminder of that, that we are a part of the earth, you know, and she's, she's our mother and this connectivity and how nice it is and how refreshing it is to hear that there are people out there with these practices who do this. And even if you're doing it in the, you know, kind of a subtle way where you, you and your, your sister um, midwives go in when you're, you've got the oils on you, you know, and there's this, you bringing it with you. And, and I would hope that the, the people who experience that would, appreciate it and not start putting up signs around the conference room saying don't wear any perfumes <laughs> you, know, like, you see a lot of that there, um, julian you're very right and and that's exactly another thing to for safety you know what i mean you don't want to do too much because you don't know what other people's 
respiratory systems like, you don't know what their uh, constitution's like. So you have to do it very respectfully and prayerfully. So um, doing it very mildly at a 1% dilution, and it, and it really evaporates within a good 15 minutes. So the central nervous system isn't going to be bombarded like if you would have a constant diffuser in the room. Yeah. Very good point, Jared. Very good. Well, it is, but also I, I think, I don't know, I think it's it's something that barring anyone's got like a, a serious allergy or something, it could just be something, right. something nice. I, I mean, this isn't, it is an important anecdote, but it reminded me the other day I took my mom for an appointment at the hospital and she had to get mm. like her blood drawn or whatever. And so we're sitting in the waiting room and there's this adorable little boy who's playing a game. He's like maybe five five years old and he's playing a game on the on the phone and his his mom was next to him and I think she was kind of asleep so everyone waited so long but anyway I I looked over and I noticed right on my arm that there was a bug bite and I'm like oh I keep getting mosquito bites so I pulled out of my purse my little spray bottle that has rich witch hazel and lavender and I just use it on everything it's great for bug bites it's great if I've gotten a scratch or right anything. and I didn't think too much of it because I wasn't super close to the little boy but I just did a little squirt onto the bug bite on my arm and it sort of missed it and it got onto him and he just kind of looks up at me and I was like oh my gosh I am so sorry it's just lavender it's and he goes "Ooh, it smells good I'm like right <laughs> he's like he was kind of like oh well I'm kind of glad you know now and I'm like so glad he didn't have the mom that was like why did you spray on my child you know what I mean but it was a moment we were just all like and then he smelled his arm and he's all like oh that smells good I'm like right on whew I'm glad his mom's not mad at me but like it was just cute it was a moment and it's Aww. true to me I love lavender because it's not perfumey and it does always have this like relaxing feeling but also it's very very clean and it just kind of refreshes me and you know I put it on my mom's feet before she goes to bed so she can you know like help her sleep Aww. and yeah I've always been a big fan of lavender it's so it's so important and I think too like the blend that you made me has so many layers to it um that mm. like I can only pick out three at any given time but it's just it's nice to have. It's just a go-to, like put a little on my hands or put a little on my forehead and just, you know, that kind of immediate effect that it can have, I think is, is really, really important. And, and then I remember, and then I can just take a moment and remember the gift that this oil and this scent has for me and, you know, just be grateful. It's a really easy way to feel better and, and have some gratitude um, for whatever you're going through. And it's pretty cool. And I, I honestly was never like into essential oils or anything. But what you did for me has just been great. It's been really, really fantastic. And um, I'm so happy you're doing it. I never would have thought of it with archetypes. I'm so mind focused that I think this is really, really helpful. And do you mind terribly if I interject what you just said? Because it was beautiful. And thank you, Julian. It's an honor to be able to create for people and have them, you know, uh, uh, reflect back their, their experience, which is a positive one, which is always my hope. A couple of things. One of the things is that that lavender Augustifolia, which is the Latin name for the lavender, is being able or <clears throat> is, is the mother of all oils. And St. Teresa of Calcutta says that that was 
her go-to oil that she would use with all of the poorest of the poor. Uh. And I find that very holy. The piece is that that's that mother archetype. And I love the mother archetype. Well, because she is a giver of life, but she also is a destroyer too. At the same time, she gets rid of things that don't belong. The B, the pieces is that the mother archetype even houses all of the archetypes, even even the 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 victim, the prostitute, the the saboteur. All of those archetypes come underneath the mother. Before you start with anything, you need the mother. You need the life giver whether it's the earth, whether it's the spirit from above, you need that to start everything else. And I think lavender is one of the best and most gentle and most tender mothers, even grandmother, to anybody's whose soul who's in pain. Yeah, agreed. And I think um, to kind of rope in some some tarot knowledge, the the essence of what you're talking about is the empress in the tarot is this, this like earth mother surrounded by so much bounty and just really, really enjoying being present in the earth. And that, that idea of, of the empress, the mother, the queen, is it all, you're right. It all starts with, um, it all starts with a mother in terms of a lot of these other archetypes. We wouldn't have a queen if we didn't have a mother, you know, we, you, you can actually in the archetypal world, um, have kind of like a little org chart or a little like this is things came from this. There's DNA of the mother archetype in a lot of other archetypes. Um, and the same for you, you and I both went, uh, we have our um, credentials in archetypal counseling from Carolyn Mace and from the CMED Institute. So we, we kind of speak the same archetypal language when it comes to that. And your blog, mm. your blog I noticed um, is very, very cool with, giving a simple outline of what an archetype is and then re and often relating them to the the essential oils and things that can be useful um because you know things like the victim archetype um what you and i were taught as the survival archetypes those those ones that are kind of unacknowledged and typically very difficult um they also have a great side to them if we can get past the shadow um but it's really you know just want to let our listeners uh, check out Barb's blog, uh, barbkl.com. Um, really, really interesting to see how you encapsulate it really quickly and then you take it into the essential oils. Um, I appreciate that. I'm redoing my archetypist site right now and I'm happy that you're going to be putting your blogs on my site too. So thank you for that. I love that you can encapsulate things so quickly. You're welcome. Thank you. So in terms of, um, I want to kind of talk, talk archetypes with you just a little bit um, because it's, it is for me, it's kind of refreshing. We, we've been so specifically tarot focused for a while. Um, what's coming up for me? And I don't know your chart. I know you and I have kind of discussed some archetypes we have in mm. common <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> I don't think that you've put this, I don't think you mentioned this one, but the alchemist to me, it's some, it's one that I've claimed for a long time and then kind of on and off. Do you consider having the, the alchemist in your chart? You know, that is a beautiful thing. I believe the process of my gifts and talents are the alchemy. And I believe that the, 
ability to partner with another person and walk the journey with them for a little ways is transformational in itself. Mm-hmm. And the alchemist is the ability to transform basically lead to gold, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I get a chance to walk side by side with somebody and be a cheerleader mm. and an, encur- an encourager. And my one of my archetypes is the artist. And I love painting with my gift of being a storyteller, helping clients work through that. So I believe it's part of what I do in the process, but I would, I don't identify with that in my chart. I more of an artist and a teacher and a storyteller. Interesting. Well, there's something I I always identified that the alchemist in myself is seeing the potential, seeing the potentiality, but also to me, um, the alchemist has, has a scientific part of it. There's they're the early doctors and scientists. That's kind of how the the alchemist came to be. I, I believe it's a it's a split off from the shaman and the healer. You know, if if you you go every every type of person, every culture goes back to a tribal culture, right? You know, we eventually right. when we started standing on two legs and doing all of that, this you know tribal culture. So the the sort of path of some certain archetypes, the alchemist was early, you know, pre medieval times. And there is a science part of that. It was it was religion and science at a certain point, and then they sort of split off, and you have the scientist archetype. And that's why I thought it would be really interesting because the language you use is alchemical, um, you know, wow, literal and I didn't figure. Since it is, and here I am giving you a session. No, no, no. But <laughs> just just for the sake of conversation, because I think it's an interesting one for pe- modern people to kind of take a look at and whether it is a part of their own sort of modus operandi as the, the alchemist um, for me was a very, I mean, really interested in experimentation. Um, you know, the, the actual alchemists back in the day and the tradition of alchemy was really, really involved and kind of cult in a lot of ways. Fascinating, but um, alchemy, the way I've experienced it throughout my life, I never really got obsessed with the lead to gold thing. Um, I never wanted to be that organized, but there was always something scientific about it. And that was based on my curiosity of, will this work? Can these things be combined to make something else to create Mm. an effect? So in a lot of ways, healing or in a lot of ways, awareness and things like that. So when I hear you talk, I was like, you sure you don't have the alchemist? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm thinking, Julian? Hey, can I change my answer now? I we mean, all, well, because I know I'm teasing, but isn't that funny? Because it is about spiritual development. It is about spiritual transformation. And if we don't do that inner work, the outer work's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the mm. essence of things and, uh, you know, the early doctors were alchemists and what you're doing in, in so many ways is not the literal like legal term of doctoring, but you're doctoring, um, you are healing. So I, I just yeah. found that fascinating. And I have the, um, the sheet of paper that you sent with the oh. uh, blend for me. And it's, yeah. it's, it really is, it is both a prescription, but also 
an alchemical breakdown <laughs> of oh my the essence of things. So, and I personally, okay, no, I graduated from Carolyn's program in archetypes. You graduated yeah. more recently than me. Mine is, yeah. I got a decade behind me and I've learned so much more that I, I, I kind of reached the point where I feel like I can take hers and integrate it. Again, the alchemist mm-hmm. in me has to integrate it with other things that are, we do have archetypes for life, but some are going to be so strong for so long that it's fine to redo your chart. Like I really, um, you know, when I was working directly with people, I'd be like, no, 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 you're not going to change it every week because there's, that's a symptom of something else happening, like trying to get rid of something difficult. But I think at a certain point, like you and I talked about that before I sent you my chart. I'm like, I'm going to have to recast it because it's been too long. Um, And some things come to the fore so strongly, they really need to have their place in the chart. Um, and alchemist is one that has, has come and go for me. I mean, I remember it from a childhood, but it's an interesting one to take a look at again. I just hear it. I hear it with the oils and everything. It's kind it's scientific and essential, thank, literally. Thank you. Thank you for that. Cause I needed to hear that because, you know, there are blind spots in our lives that other people can see. And I love I'm going to take that to my quiet time and my meditation and take a look at that because I do have a the um, an, a healer archetype or empath. I'm a, also a highly sensitive person, and that makes me a really good, you know, listener and ability to put things together. So I may kind of take a look at that and see. Thank you. Oh well, sure. I didn't, I didn't mean for this to do this, but hey. These are always, you know, these are always conversations that have to be spur of the moment and about right. about what is happening for us and for the world. And I think anything people can do to really buoy themselves yes. and stay centered. Um, we are living in unprecedented times. And I think this, the past year or two, and we, we address it in our podcast of how do you work with? what's happening because it, this isn't normal. Mm. What is happening in our world right now is not normal. It's not unprecedented. Um, but it is for us because we are all different people taking on the challenges that are here. So what you're doing and what's available to us with things like essential oils and is, is all incredibly helpful. If we can have a way to really keep ourselves afloat and, do what we're put here to do. Um, that's where, to me, hope is. Um, you and I talked about hope. You just did a blog post on um, grief and emotions, difficult emotions, painful emotions. Um, remind me, what were the essential oils that you were suggesting for that? Well, the oils that I use, and it can be, you know, I usually just use three or four in a blend. Um, because it can get overpowering. It depends. I usually use Lang Lang or sandalwood. Now, sandalwood's very, um, it's hard to, the environment now with sandalwood, it's very difficult to get sandalwood Mm -hmm. because it's um, being overused. So, uh, but I still put that in there as a reference. I also use neroli, which is from the flower uh, of the bitter fruit tree. And then I use, of course, use lavender, the mother of all essential oils, and then pettigrain, which is the same tree 
the bitter fruit tree, but it uses just the leaves and the twigs. Mm. I know it's so cool. And then Roman camel. And I love that because it it's it, they're all very centering, non-toxic, safe oils that you mix and blend together. And it helps for me working with my victim archetype that's in in pain because I'm either giving my power away to somebody or an institution or the world by watching too much TV mm-hmm. or, you know, it gives me that quick, immediate way to empower myself. And really, that's what the archetypes and the oils do. It's a it's a physical and emotional and spiritual way of empowering ourselves quickly with, without using opiates. Not that there's an, you know what I mean? You have yeah. to have that every once in a while. But, you know, with our world now, we need to go back to who we are. We need to go back to our, intelli- our own intelligence. Yeah. And oils and archetypes blended together bring me that rope that I can kind of have that hope. And I have safe boundaries when I wear that too, or when I use it. I know who I am and I know what my responsibility is. The victim archetype for me lets me know that Barb, you're either, I basically, I have to row my own boat. I'm either rowing my own boat or rowing somebody else's boat. <laughs> when, I, when I go into somebody else's boat and tell them what to do or take their power away, <laughs> I, I'm out of balance. And, you know, I feel like I sometimes can have the control and prescription for how other people should run their lives. And uh, I like telling them how to do that. But the essential oils and that victim archetype, when I work with it, it lets me know I have safe boundaries and this is who I am. I row my own boat. And when I smell these oils and when I work with these archetypes, it centers me and I know who I am and I stay within the present moment. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Of course it does. And um, Mm. that... Yeah, I think that's why it's, I really wanted to have you on the show sooner than later um, to, to kind of talk about that. We're in the, we're in the summer months now where, you know, people are on vacation and things like that. People are kind of all over the place. But as, you know, people start sort of putting their head back in the game, and I think that's hopefully people mm. take breaks. But as you get your head back in the game and you really, you know, stay aware of what's happening And, you know, we've got a lot of elections coming up and there's a lot of kind of stress and worry and things that, you know, people alive today have never really had to deal with unless you're, you know, in your 80s or 90s. Mm. Um, That just any methodology that kind of helps people stay present and not take on stuff that isn't theirs, like you're saying, um, but Mm. also show up and be responsible. It's pretty easy to get overwhelmed and to not Mm. want to engage. But for me, my sense of things is everybody who's alive right now um, is here for a purpose. There aren't any accidents. Mm. And realizing and understanding our role and that that role is is being who we are, having our own genius. Um, uh, Michael Mead is somebody that I just adore and I listen to his podcast. He's a mythologist and storyteller and he talks a lot about our own inner genius. And how do we, how do we mm. discover that, work with it, be at peace with it, the tools and things like archetypes and essential oils and 
things like that, those connections to, you know, the, the earth and the mother earth can really kind of help us keep us on that path and, and keep taking those layers off of the victimhood and that the certain archetypes that can really hold us back to, to put our thing down. As I like to say, you were brought here to put your thing down, you do your thing. And you know, if we're all doing our <laughs> thing, things will actually be okay. But when we stick our heads mm. under the sand and go, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe I'm dealing with this. Why didn't I live in a different era? You know, the, mm. the mantra to me, make America great again, is asking for something that's never existed. Um, it's, it, to me, is, it's essentially a mantra of denial of what things have been. But, but that's not to say that everything is all bad. You know what I mean? Like this idea that we're just living in a, a, a giant amount of denial. If we're all living our own thing, and coming into relationship with each other, we, we can't help but be better to each other, to the planet. You know, mm -hmm. those relationships kind of have to have to happen. So even little things of sense to get people, because it affects everybody, you know, unless, of course, unfortunately, you've lost your sense of smell, but it can affect everybody. Well, and I also like, too, that the, you talked about the relationship model and, you know, some of us have forgotten how to connect with our inner lives or our inner ca character. And we've also possibly forgotten um, how to connect in an intimate way with another person or community. And we need both of those. We need we need safe, good people and communities around us. And we also need good, safe relationships with ourselves and the universe or God or Yahweh or whatever your higher power is. And I believe that archetypes allow that roadmap to be a little bit more clear. Yeah, exactly. I, I always thought of when I would sort of complete a multi-session thing with a client, because I would usually work with them a number of times when, until we finally had their their chart, um, I gave them a guidebook with it um, and called it a compass because to me, the metaphor of a compass and understanding yourself is going to be much more useful than a map because you can either use a map or not use a map depending on where you want to go. But if you have a compass, that'll help guide you. You know, you decide where you're being, where you're going and that the, the patterns of the archetypes could be really more of a an understanding of where the pitfalls and where the things that I'm really good at this, like in a relationship kind of here's how I am. So don't look for a relationship that that's not going to work with, you know, in terms of uh, romantic as well as friendships. So that compass to me, I just, I always, I moved toward that metaphor just because it was like that you can do everything with um, versus, you know, the, the idea of a map. Um, not to, I'm not arguing with what you're saying, but I have to no, say, I agree with a compass. Uh, I think that's delicious. I love that. It's wonderful. Well, thank you. You're getting me excited. I'm hoping to in the next year or so do more one on work, one on work with people, as my my schedule allows. So um, I, that's something I'm kind of excited to bring back in, into my life again. And I'm so excited you're doing this work too, because I will just say this out loud. The popularity of archetypes and the archetypal work it kind of met this crescendo and then it's sort of just like everything sort of is is seen a little bit of a, a nadir lately where people aren't quite as interested in it yet but I have a feeling it's going to you know the pendulum's going to swing the other direction and people are going to 
you know, archetypes themselves don't go away, but I get the sense that like there is going to be a renewal of people and seeing the usefulness in understanding patterns and things like that. So I agree a hundred percent. I've always been of the philosophy of it feels like, and I go back to my nursing career. I can tell by just looking at a client or somebody in the hospital before I even check their pulse or blood pressure, I already have an idea of what's going on. It's almost like uh, I know that this is going to be coming in the future because people are looking to reconnect with their inner, inner selves because this outer work is not working. This outer world that you just described is not working. And the way that we compass ourselves, I love that, the way that we compass ourselves is to get to know who we are and what we can do to nurture ourselves as we're getting in that new relationship with our souls. Yeah. And I like the I like to use our soul because our soul is to me my soul is my compass and it doesn't take much to feed it. You know, um a hug feeds it. Uh, a smile from somebody I don't even know feeds it. A good joke feeds it. Uh, a, a picture of a flower or even um, just talking to my cat feeds it. Even, <laughs> you know, even singing to my cat feeds my soul. Simple things like that are very healing to my soul and can last for a long time. Oh my gosh, you've just given me permission to continue talking to my cat and her voice. Oh no, are we going right. to do cat talk? You're or right. dogs. I mean, I love well, dogs. Yeah, any animal. You're wrong. But any animal, I love them. It does. All right. Um, and I think this is the perfect way to kind of wrap up the program. To do be it. like, yes, yes. Any of those things, I, I would like everybody listening, make a list. <laughs> okay, I'm turning into teacher here. Make a yes. list of... <laughs> five things that feed your soul and yes. it can be sense that you absolutely love. Okay. The talking to the cat, because I have a very specific voice <laughs> and I've checked with friends who have animals. So it doesn't matter what kind of animal, if it's a hamster, a lizard, a boa constrictor, they all have special voices for their animals when they talk to them. Um, and I have one for my cat and, and people. So it's a thing. Okay. People do this. <laughs> <laughs> And it just feeds your soul. It, I never, I didn't realize it. So I, I've been staying out um, with my mom and she has a cat and I miss my cat. And like, you wouldn't believe it. She's like my child. I miss her. But I talk oh. to my mom's cat in my cat's voice and it just, cause I miss her and my cat, <laughs> my mom's cat just goes, what? She doesn't react at all. But it was like, it, you know what? It's make, I feel better. I feel better doing this. You don't have to care. It's for me. And it does. So I want five things, people, this is your homework, five things that feed your soul. And they can't all be chocolate. Okay. They can't all be chocolate. <laughs> chocolate can be one. And that's, you know, that's feeding more than your soul. And I think that's a great practice. And then like every day, five things. And then remember to do them because that is something I think that it will bring us back into balance Mm. So we can continue to do the work that we are called to do. And it's not always work. You know, I think work is an easy word for us to choose, but like our, our beingness, how we show up in the world can make as much of a difference as the work that we're doing, you know, the actual external outreach. Um, but how we show up 
is just as important. And chocolate, talking to our cats funny, and <laughs> essential oils, <laughs> lavender, um, whatever it is, the voodoo that you do, you know. So I love that. <laughs> I think that is just the right way to kind of wrap things up for this. What do you think? I love it. And uh, secretly, I'm going to confess, I even talk to my oils. Yeah, no, that's, I, you don't even have, secretly, you're on a podcast, woman. Um, <laughs> okay, so so now everybody knows. Just between you, me, and the 10,000 people <laughs> that'll listen to this. Uh, no, I'm glad that you do. I think, you know, everything has oh. essence in it. You know, call me a hippie, but like, you know, even the desk that I'm sitting at right now, there's, you know, particles and waves are moving around and we're in relationship to them, whether we like it or not. So... It's the sixth house, Barb. It is the sixth house. Oh, Julian, I love when you talk archetypally with me. <laughs> it just sends I me to the moon. Know. All right, everyone, look up the sixth house. It's interesting. I think it's far more interesting than than other people. Like, oh, sixth house, boring. I'm like, oh, no, that's where stuff's oh, happening. No. Yes. So sixth house in, um, well, we use it for archetypes, but it's also, it's originally from astrology. So there's more homework, but uh I love it. Well, Barb, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, people can find you on Facebook. Yes. Yes. And your website is Barb K L.com. Pretty easy to remember. Yes. And it's essential oil therapies, LLC. So don't forget to put the LLC after it. And I want to thank all the listeners today too. Um, thank you for listening to our conversation and, and our relationship with uh, Julian and I have, and it's an honor that you are here uh, with us um, now and in the future. Thanks to everybody. I agree. Thanks so much, Barb. Until another time, aloha to you. We know you could have done something else with the last 45-ish minutes of your life, but we are so glad you spent it with us. Be sure to check out Barb's website and blog on essential oils and archetypes at barbkl.com. And if you would like to become one of our most favorite people in the whole world, become a patron. Just visit tiny.cc tarot and you too could be like these awesome human beings. Richard, Sarah, Talia, Hillary, Peter, Rash, Christine, Kat, Allie, Geneva, and Yvonne. Thank you guys. Your support makes all of this happen and it makes us smile every day. The show is produced by Both And Media, and the theme music is by the wonderful people at The Lunar Group. Until next time, aloha.